Hi, Sarah B here. Before we start this week's show, we wanted to let our listeners know that we want your questions and topics. Please call and leave us a voicemail at 716-727-2450, and Sarah R. and myself will try to answer or address your question on a future show. That's 716-SARAH, with an H, 50, or email us at drsarahcare at gmail.com. Welcome to Self-Care with Dr. Sarah. Today's episode is a makeup roundtable with two fellow friends and astrophysicists. So sitting physically to my right is one of my very best friends, uh, soon to be Dr. Vaishali Bardwaj. And calling in from Boston, Massachusetts is Chanda Prescott-Weinstein. So I work on exoplanets and then we move progressively further out in physical space. Uh, so Vaishali works on large-scale structure and Chanda is a theoretical cosmologist. Do you want to say just for a second what you work on, Vaishali? Yeah, I actually work on the Lyman Alpha Force, so the intergalactic medium. I am measuring the 1D power spectrum and I'm actually defending my thesis in a week and a half. So this Woo! is a nice respite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from thesis writing and uh, defense. Talk about self-care. <laughs> exactly. Um, how about you, Chana? What do you work on? Um, so I guess actually I should say it's Weinstein and not Weinstein. Weinstein. Oh, Otherwise, I'll correct it later. That, that might propagate, I guess. Um, oh. So I, I do theoretical cosmology, and right now I'm thinking a lot about the axion, a hypothesized particle that is potentially a dark matter candidate. And I also work in Alan Guth's group at MIT. And um, in addition to thinking about axions with Alan, I also work with David Kaiser on preheating and inflation and basically trying to understand how you produce all the particles that make up all of the other stuff um, during basically the first second of the universe's existence. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I guess that's, that's why I work on it. <laughs> We jumped real fast. I know, I know. <laughs> we moved progressively out in Z space. Good, good one, Sarah. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. I had the idea to do this roundtable because of separate conversations with both Vaishali and Chanda about using makeup as a form of self-care among the many forms of self-care that we do. This is more of a recent development um, for me, and partially that's because Vaishali got me really interested in it. So the format of the discussion today is going to be kind of around not only our favorite products, the things we like to kind of carry around with us in our bag throughout the day, how we kind of treat ourselves to those things, but also maybe our journey, a little bit about our journey, um, whether or not our relationship uh, with makeup and with um, other forms of self-care, like aesthetic self-care, um, has developed and matured over time as our careers have developed and matured over time. So I think a really good place to kick off is just with favorite products. Chanda, do you want to go ahead and give a shout out to the things that you love? So I had a really difficult time actually making a decision about <laughs> what constitutes my favorites, but I... I guess, and I should say also, um, I'm going to mention Dolce & Gabbana um, Scarlet Number no. 625. Um, mm -hmm. It's a red lipstick. It's a phenomenal red. 
I feel kind of bad mentioning it, though, because I'm actually not going to be buying it anymore because I'm boycotting Dolce & Gabbana because of their comments about gay marriage, which I thought were really inappropriate. Um, So those guys really messed up my makeup routine in addition to just being jerks. Um, (laughs) So I'm trying to find a new favorite. An old one that I really love is Max Riri Wu, which is a Rihanna special edition. I'm not sure you can even buy it anymore. So I bought five of them when it came out. <laughs> so I have like a whole supply for when I go through one tube. And then over the weekend, I tried Urban Decay's Bad Blood. Um, so there was a consistent Oh, yeah. I saw here. your tweet about that. Oh, my God. It was such a great picture. It was like a pre-wedding party picture. Yeah. So it was, it was a, a killing I picture. took a picture before we headed out to the wedding. <laughs> Um, But it's a phenomenal lipstick, so I was really happy with it. And then I have to say, Hourglass's Veil Mineral Primer is the most amazing primer maybe ever made in the history of humankind. I've heard that before. Foundation primer? It's Yeah, it's it's, um, an SPF 15 foundation primer. You can wear it by itself. It absorbs really nicely for those of us who have darker skin. It doesn't pale you up too much. Um, so it looks natural once um, it absorbs. And I really, I have super oily skin. Like when I do Pilates and we do stuff face down on the mat, when I come up off the mat, there's like a Chanda face-sized oil slick. <laughs> <laughs> and real talk, real and, talk, and, yeah. And this hourglass like <laughs> completely controls it. So it's like my best friend when I go for job interviews or if I want to look nice at a conference. Um, and then similarly, Urban Decay has an eye primer that is just yeah. phenomenal. And, I use that one as well. Um, keeps my eyeshadow on my eyelids and not below them. (laughs) Um, Does the hourglass primer really keep the makeup on more? Because I find that my primer doesn't really do, like if I keep the primer on and then do everything else, I can't really tell a big difference if if it kept it on more. I touch my face a lot when working, especially when I hold my face. (laughs) And so um, a lot of times I'll just pull off like anything that was ever there. So I try not to touch my face, but I will say that um, when I wear this primer 13, 14 hours later, my makeup looks almost exactly like I just put it on. Um, I do use a finishing powder, and so I think the finishing powder helps with that. And some oil does start to break through after about 10 hours or 11 hours. Wow. But... It's That's pretty good. amazing, it's pretty though. Yeah. Wow, I want to run out and buy this like, literally right after it's this. It's yeah. really, <laughs> really expensive, so it's good to get it when Sephora Splinting. is having their 20% off sale. All right. Yeah, smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about you, Vishali? Um, For me, I also have a uh, red lipstick obsession. So the yeah. one that I really like right now is uh, Max Ruby Woo, um, and that's my go-to, mostly because it's matte and I... Other than just touching my face, also am eating and drinking constantly at the desk. So um, I need something that stays on. And so it has a really nice matte finish and it stays on as much as anything could if you just keep trying to eat it. <laughs> so um, so I that's my favorite right now. But I, I have heard about this Kat Von D stuff. So you should try that out if you're looking no, for it. New... Speaking of boycotts. Oh, God. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I return stuff from Kat Von D. Oh, just because like... 
um, she had a relationship with that like actual white supremacist. Oh no! Oh, yeah. But like Sephora will just take that stuff right back. Like I've gone yes. in and been like, I have a moral objection to Kat Von D. They're like, we don't want to hear it. Just yeah, it they back. just like they're just like, great, full refund. Yeah, I know oh, it is. It's so why can't why can't makeup be free of politics? But <laughs> such is life. I right, found that the Kat Von D was really drying for my lips. Also, more so than Mac, which Mac mm-hmm. will stay on forever, but you yeah. also take off like a layer of your lips. <laughs> or at least I find that. Um. My favorite. Oh, sorry. Oh, and then I have one more. Um, so for me, it's it's that I feel better about myself if I wear sunblock because I'm told I should be wearing sunblock every day. And so there's a Smashbox color correcting cream. Um, and I tend to find that some areas of my skin are a little more red than others. It might just be that I'm always a little warm. Um, and so this color correcting cream does a really good job of just making my uh, color one color and then also without being too heavy of a foundation type thing. Mm-hmm. If I want it to be heavy, I can just layer it out on for like a night out or something. But um, for just the day, it's a good, basically a moisturizer with a little bit of color, tinted moisturizer almost. Um, so I really like that one. That's by Smashbox. Um, and I think it's also kind of a primer as well. Um, you so. don't use a separate primer or anything? I do sometimes, but not all the time. Yeah. Because it's kind of its own primer as well. So I think those are my two, really, just a red lipstick, right now MAC Ruby Woo, and this Smashbox color correcting cream, CC cream. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I want to frame my favorites around the things that are so high impact. Like, I'm relatively new to actually knowing how to do makeup kind of effectively um, to sort of flatter my features and whatnot. I lived with my sister the first year I moved to Seattle and she was like, did you know you're supposed to put eyeliner on the waterline? Like, I didn't even know what the waterline was. And she was like, you should get concealer for under your eyes. And I was like, uh. <laughs> I was struggling. So these few things have like completely upped the ante on my look. First, really waterproof mascara. Because it was always coming off under my eye, just from weeping from referee reports, let's say. (laughs) (laughs) And also just like daily wear, you know. Um, So I actually went with Faisal to the Sephora in downtown Seattle and asked about a really high quality uh, mascara that'll just stay on. And I got addicted to Clinique um, Lash Power. So it's not that expensive. It's something like 20 bucks. And it actually... I think it's like actually a really fine polymer. Like it's actually coating each lash with like almost a tube was the way that she described it. So it only comes off with warm water, but it really will stay on. Um, So that's one of my absolute favorites. The other thing that I've learned is important are eyebrows. Like this was completely new to me. Um, So my, um, my bore brush, like my bore bristle brush, uh, from Sephora and then my, uh, Anastasia, 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 um, like brow color palette. Cause my, um, eyebrows are actually naturally a lot darker than my hair. So I can kind of add a little bit of red, which also is not natural, <laughs> but, um, the look together, I feel like it makes me look a lot more kind of dramatic and kind of put together. Um, and then I love for just daily self care wear, um, the Coors Daily Facial um, Greek Yogurt Moisturizer. So it smells amazing, and I just feel like it really makes my skin glow. I've kind of been getting into a couple of moisturizers and being willing to really splurge on them because, first of all, I take a moment when I'm actually putting on my moisturizer at night to relax 
my stomach muscles, like in the course of the day, this is a ritual I've developed for whatever reason. In the course of the day, I'll hold a lot of tension in my stomach. And then when it's time to put on my moisturizer at the end of the night, I'm like consciously putting it on my face and relaxing. And this has become kind of a ritual. And I feel really special when I'm putting on something that's really high quality. So I use that and also one, um, a Dennis Gross, um, like retinol anti-aging moisturizer. Um, just cause he's the man <laughs> retinol. Yeah. Is actually really one of the helps. only, <laughs> there's so much like pseudoscience related to skin stuff, but like, I feel like retinol is a real, the yeah. real deal or something and it increases is. cell turnover. There's so much like language that I just, I don't know if it's grounded in science. Like it's like <laughs> citation <least>, needed. <laughs> at least retinol is prescription based a yeah, lot. Right. So I feel yeah, yeah, like yeah, it has yeah. some sort of science behind um, it. So I use that anti-aging moisturizer too. Um, and those are kind of some of my favorites, uh, for, for a really great look. Like if I want to up the ante, if I'm going on a date, which basically never happens, but in theory, if I were going on a date <laughs> or I were going to some kind of fancy event, I use, um, individual false eyelashes. So mm. that was another thing I just learned from going to Sephora. I'm like best friends with all the people at Sephora now, but they were like, if you want to up the ante on your look and you want to look extra special, you can put on these individual false eyelashes. And I feel like it just looks great. Um, so those are some of my favorites that I kind of always have. And I have them because of a combination of just making me feel good. And because I think they make me look like really polished. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we are talking about a lot of products that are actually really high in quality. Do you have anything, Vishali, that you will just buy at CVS? It's tough. And I was happy <laughs> to hear that Chanda also was like, oh, there's not much that I can buy there. But I will say that um, one of the things that I uh, kind of need to double up on is eyeliner because mm-hmm. you can always just, if you have, for some reason, we're in a hurry and you just have one thing you put on for me that's eyeliner and I can get away with looking a lot better. Eyeliner and lipstick, I suppose. So I will buy what I call emergency eyeliner Mm -hmm. and leave it in certain places, my car, my office, um, you know, random like gym bag. I haven't gotten a gym in like three months, (laughs) but you know. Um, So I will buy that at CVS because I don't want to be buying a very expensive one. And those ones get lost too. Like, you know, I put it in my car and then somehow it disappears. So I don't want to pay too much for that. Yeah. So that's my CVS um, purchases. Yeah. Going down the ladder in quality. Um, I will buy one product at CVS, which I am so um, just... I don't know. I've kind of resigned myself to the low quality of this product. I'm obsessed with those lipsticks, which God knows why they stay on. They're like the 24 hour type lipsticks. So Savora has one of those types, um, where I mean it, it goes on and then you have to like put a coat on top of it and it'll stay on when you're drinking a cup of coffee or whatever. It just takes a the e-folding time, the e-folding time uh, yes. for the lipstick <laughs> to come off is like a few hours as opposed to, I don't know, like one cup of coffee. So I, I buy um, L'Oreal's Infallible. Um, Beyonce was their spokesperson for a hot minute, so that didn't hurt. Um, and I like uh, colors in kind of uh, raisin or like a crimson color. And it's not the highest quality lipstick, but it does stay on. What I've learned is that in combination with a really high quality lip liner, I can kind of get away with a look that looks really nice. So lately, um, I've been watching make makeup videos on YouTube. Uh, is one of my favorite things to do to mellow out, actually. I love that space because it seems so 
positive um, and really thoughtful and just kind of all about self-care. And um, I was hearing a lot about one MAC lip liner called Night Moth. So I went and splurged on it. It's a really dark color, like a dark burgundy. And so what I'll do is put on this um, infallible lip and then the kind of coating that goes on top of it, which is almost like Vaseline. And then I'll put the lip liner over that. And just by Shali see me do this, just kind of like pucker and, and blend it. And it gives this really nice, like, um, definition, like ombre kind of definition look makes my lips look really nice. Um, but I will just buy this. Oh, I mean, it's like $12, you know, it's not nothing, but, um, I'll buy, I'll buy my cheap lipstick. <laughs> And of course I have like 12 of them because they always get lost. Where do they go? I, yeah. don't, I don't know. It's like socks in the <laughs> so dryer. So I will basically not buy anything at a drugstore except for <laughs> Neutrogena Sensitive Skin Makeup Remover Wipes, yeah. which I mm-hmm. only use when I'm traveling. So if I want to reduce the liquids that I have in my suitcase or whatever. Um, but actually I have to say one of the disincentives for shopping at drugstores is that I'm kind of like the rewards queen, and there are no <laughs> rewards for shopping at drugstores. <laughs> are you oh a Sephora, God. like, mm. VIB? I clearly Yeah. Am. You're probably, what, like... What member, though? What level? Yeah. You're probably, like, Illuminati. Like, are you Sephora rouge? Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I do have a rouge card in my wallet. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Jealousy. I'm not going to tell the... you one year I earned the equivalent of rouge multiple times. I'm not going to tell you how many times. Do they give you a literal tiara if you get to that level? No. <laughs> what do you do? I kind of felt like, like, come on, guys. So actually, it is the case that each time I, like, earned rouge again, um, mm-hmm. I got, like, one of the prizes. So when you earn VIB rouge, you actually have access like, to red oh. lipstick colors that everybody else doesn't have access to. Oh, my yeah. God. So like I buy them as presents for my friends for their birthdays because I know oh. that they like don't have access to the to those red lipsticks. Wow. And um Oh, that's so nice. Red lipstick is very important to me. I usually have yeah. like seven of them on me somewhere. So. Oh my god. Yeah, I guess that brings us to um what is it that you carry around with you? But before, but first I wanted to ask, do you rock basically only reds? Do you mix it up? Oh, yeah. I wear a lot of different things. Actually, um, so I like to do colors. I guess this is a little bit weird, but sometimes I like to do colors that are attention-grabbing and weird. Yeah. And that's a, high, that's a habit that goes back to when I was 12. And yes. I went to this nerd camp where I got bullied a lot, and people were really mean to me because I was a scholarship uh. student, and that was mm-hmm. kind of not cool. And um, so I started wearing green lipstick and black lipstick while I was there. And it continued into the school year. I started wearing blue lipstick. And um, recently I've started, so one of one of my favorite things, I actually like to wear, I guess, a color that is often called quote unquote nude. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit lighter than my own skin tone. And so it really stands out because it's almost like disappearing your lips, except your lips are still there. Yeah. I also really liked the the Nicki Minaj and the Lady Gaga pinks that MAC put out a couple of years ago, which were yeah. very, very bright. Um, and then I, I also really like dark purples. So I guess... Mm-hmm. Something that's bold, even if the color itself is not bold, but the way yeah. that it is worn is bold. I think I like bold. Although, it, even though I always have red lipstick on me, I would say I only wear lipstick maybe once or twice a week. 
That's interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. I love it. Lipstick's kind of an everyday product for me. I'm just lazy. <laughs> Word. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm just like super, super lazy. And I, I think, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but being the kind of theoretical physicist, high energy physicist that I am, I actually don't have to interact with people very much. Mm. And so I get away with kind of acting like I'm just with myself a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that the lipstick for me is actually a form of laziness because if you wear a bold color, you just don't have to do much to look like you're put together. That's true. And so a lot of times <laughs> I'll just do that and I'm like, oh, look, all of a sudden it looks like I've done a lot, you yeah. know? So I sometimes will just put on lipstick and that's... Okay. I'm loving that throwback to what I also did in the 90s as an awkward middle schooler, which was wearing, I I didn't have uh, access to like actual lipstick. I wasn't allowed to wear makeup until a certain age, but I did rock. Remember Bonnie Bell, like yeah. chapsticks? They had one that was like an icy blue and I thought I looked like the hottest shit. <laughs> put that on it's very like mid 90s like goth girl yeah that look and i i just have such a fondness in my heart for that look anyway so it was reminding me of that <laughs> so what are the lipsticks you carry around uh with you every day i so i actually peek inside peek inside your purse i i actually put stuff on my desk because i wanted to make sure i didn't forget anything so smart i am Okay, so I already mentioned the Urban Decay Bad Blood, which is a matte mm-hmm. red. Um, it's a very pure red, so it's got good balance between blue and pink undertones. So I think it's... And and I should say also that I'm with Francois Nars. I think you can wear any color that you want to. Um, yeah. So I'm not one of those people who's like, you can only wear blue-toned ones, mm-hmm. uh, blue undertones or whatever. So lipsticks that I've, reds that I've really liked recently, um, Kate McNabb's All Pinned Up was one. There's a woman in London who is basically making lipsticks on her own, and she has, like, a a cosmetic chemistry degree, and she has a brand called MDM Flow, and I really, really like her lipsticks. I think she's still messing with the formulae, but Mm -hmm. I really liked the self-made color, and also, I guess this one is recently started. Well, can I ask a question about that? Yeah. Do you like the pigment of them, or do they feel different or stay on differently? She does. Her colors just pop. Yeah. I really, really like. They're not dull at all, so it fits really. Oh, it fits in really well, I guess, with my desire to have yeah. like a bold lip. Yeah. Um, and they go on easy, so I I'm terrible about using a brush to put lipsticks mm-hmm. on. Uh, which yeah. fits in with my laziness, Same. I guess. Um, and then I guess there's Besame, which Besame is red velvet, which I think took off because it was featured in a Marvel short run TV show based on a comic book. The main character oh. um, was wearing, I think it was this shade of red velvet, but I think it really helped the brand take off because it was how I heard about it. Yeah, and- I just bought some setting powder from them. Yeah, so they just started selling the lipsticks on Sephora's website maybe like a month ago. So before they were just selling the setting powders. And then, of course, um, Riri Woo by MAC. And then NARS has some really nice kind of wine-colored reds. So one that I'm looking at is Vesuvio. Is that like the pencil? So Vesuvio is one of their like long and thin ones, Mm -hmm. which I think is the shape that they use for their pure mattes. Mm -hmm. And 
I have, I actually have some strong feelings about the direction that they're taking that brand in. I'm a little bit mm. unhappy about it. And then mm. I thought I would actually mention some of the lip liners I have. So yes. I have, I'm so excited. Yes. I have <laughs> Max Red, which is spelled R-E-D-D as opposed to mm-hmm. R-E-D. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good go-to. And then Giorgio Armani actually is a very nice brand. And I have the Giorgio Armani Smooth Silk Lip Pencil. And I'm actually trying to look for the number on it. It's 62L51S, I guess. That's not a very nice name. We'll link to it. We'll link to it on the website after so folks can find it. But I actually was wearing the Giorgio Armani Pencil with the Urban Decay Bad Blood that I was wearing in that photo on Saturday that you really liked. Yeah, listeners, in the photo, you can't see it, but she was killing it. <laughs> Summary. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> How about you, Michelle? What do you carry around with you, um, if anything? So I, in general, just switch through red, orange, or pink usually. Like, it'll be a very specific look if I go for a nude. lipstick. Yeah, lipstick. Yeah, uh-huh. um, and so usually it has to be something really different going on with my face if I want to change between not using a red, orange, or some sort of bright pink. So um, the reds that I go to um, really right now is just um, Ruby Woo by MAC, which I mentioned earlier. There's actually a really nice Sephora. Um, uh, I should have brought it out. Mm-hmm. But it's it's their liquid lip, but it you would think that it would be red and it'd get all over the place because it's liquid, but it just hardens, like, on. And it's really amazing. Is this a classic red? Yeah, I think so. It's it's in their tube, and it's just, it's like a kind of a blue-red. It's an amazing, it, like, it almost is too much for work, I find, which is interesting because I think um, this is getting into why I think I got into makeup is I think for some reason for me, uh, when I started experimenting with makeup, I wasn't able to be very subtle with it because my skills were lacking such that, um, you know, if I put on makeup, it was kind of like, boom, there's mm-hmm. makeup on, you mm-hmm. know? And so initially I was like, oh, God, I, I shouldn't your do this at college and whatnot. Oh, it wasn't as much makeup, though. I think I think I started oh, doing high school. more now, yeah. no, oh, like okay, in, okay. in grad yeah. school. And so, but then I kind of had to almost make a conscious decision of like, should I be that person who has makeup on or not? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I said, well, the one good thing about being an astro is that people don't usually judge you on like I had a streak in my hair and no one thought it was ridiculous. It's not like corporate world where you can't. You know, you have to be cookie cutter. It is, it obviously has its other, there's obviously other stigmas with, you know, being girly, I suppose, but at least I wouldn't be, um, commented upon. Yeah. Uh Like that's not appropriate or something. So I decided to be okay with that. So, but still that one red is still a little too much for me, even just like maybe just daytime, not really work, but, um, so, but that's an amazing red. It's one of those, if you want to pop, just put that one on. So it's a, question, a Sephora. I have a question. I'm raising my hand. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question about using these um, lipsticks. Do they stay on? Like, I, the reason I've gotten hooked on this cheap lipstick is just yeah. because it really stays on. Do, are you reapplying constantly? Is that just part of your life? For the Sephora one, that one really stays on really yeah. well. But I think all lipsticks I have to reapply. I also don't, unlike, like I was saying, Usually the solution to not getting your makeup all over the place would be stop touching your face, mm-hmm. but I somehow can't change my ways. So can't help like, like if I'm going to your fingernails down your face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, if I'm eating, I'm not going to change the way I eat so that 
the lipstick doesn't come off. Of course. And I mean, it like reduces my enjoyment of eating, which is a whole nother podcast. Of course. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and so I really have to reapply. And the worst part is that I forget sometimes and you just have the outer layer and then it, it looks worse than if you only had you know, so it's just, I have to be more vigilant about that. Cause I've gone to meetings and then come back from the meeting and realize I had like <laughs> half lipstick on my, um, lips. all day know it's a look. Yeah, exactly. You know, That's luckily enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, now I'm just telling you some of the colors I like, if that's okay. Sure. Of course. Um, I have mostly, I just started, I started my like collection with Mac colors. So mm-hmm. I have this Mac, uh, dangerous which is this bright orange it's super bright it's really nice um and then one of my favorite pinks is this pink by mac as well called all fired up and these are all matte so they at least stay on as much as possible um i also like that Nicki minaj pink that you were talking about um that's a nice pink um and so those are my like three go-to just red orange pink which is nice because you know technically if i want to go on vacation i can just grab three colors and that's it versus you know, a whole bag full of lipsticks. There's an important, um, we interrupt this regularly scheduled programming to bring you an important piece of Nicki Minaj cosmetic news, which is her fragrance is dropping today. I think. Oh, really? The pink print fragrance. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to smell it. Anyway. Uh, if I could be like Nicki Minaj in any way, that would be great. Smelling like her will just be the first step <laughs> of a lifelong journey. Sephora, obviously, <laughs> after this. I think I would like to master wearing fake eyelashes the way that Nicki does. It's amazing. It's an artistry. You have to teach me when you get here, Sarah. <laughs> I will. <laughs> because, like, I don't know how to put them on. And I'm a huge, I haven't mentioned this at all because I actually don't like their lipsticks, but I'm an enormous, like enormous, 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 hardcore shoe Emura fan. Mm-hmm. And they Ooh, are yeah. always selling the most incredible, extravagant, ridiculous fake eyelashes. And I want yeah. to learn how to put them on so that I can buy them all. You know what? <laughs> um, Vaishali and I had a really special outing one day where we were just doing some mutual self-care friend hangout and we went to the Sephora downtown. One thing I love about going to Sephora with a friend is we hardly ever really look into the faces of our friends for very long. You know, like you're having a conversation with someone and you look at them, but it's, but in the course of just a social regular conversation, it's not really, um, part of a normal routine to just kind of gaze at the person's face and really take in their features. And if you take a friend to Sephora and they're getting a makeover, you're just kind of looking at them and all my friends are just so pretty. I just love going to <laughs> Sephora with friends. So, um, so Vaishali was getting a, like a makeover by this really nice lady who was trying on all these different eyelashes, or maybe that was with me. She yeah. was trying on lots of different false eyelashes. And because Sephora has such a great policy where they'll, you know, they'll try it on you. And if you don't like it, you don't have to buy it, you know? But, like, watching them put false eyelashes on Vaishali, I was like, you look like a princess. <laughs> I had walked I into the so store excited. saying I wouldn't buy fake I know, eyelashes I know, I know. and, of course, had to come back with them. And I still haven't worn them because they're so daunting. Yeah. But I have them. <laughs> I just love, I love them. And um, we'll make a plan, Chanda, to play with false eyelashes. Yes. Um, yeah, I watched a lot of YouTube videos about them before I actually bought them and, like, tried them on um youtube is just the gateway situation into makeup uh purchases oh it's the truth um let's talk about whether our look has kind of evolved so we've kind of talked about that a little bit through different career stages do you want to jump us off chanda has your look evolved very much 
<laughs> I see that you you probably started with me so that I can make this confession that mm-hmm. until I became a postdoc, I washed my face with shower soap. And that was basically my uh-huh. level of self-care, which I actually... I mean, if we were going to sidebar a little bit and talk about academia, I think that that Mm -hmm. really reflects, well, first of all, something about the absurdity of the salaries that um, graduate student researchers are making. The University Mm -hmm. of Waterloo was paying its physics department students um, between $12,000 and $13,000 a year. So... Whoa. And I think a lot of people yeah. hear a lot of people hear that, and they're like, "Oh, but isn't the cost of living and everything cheaper in Canada?" And actually, a lot of things are more expensive, and the the sales tax are higher, so yeah. um, life can actually be more expensive in some ways. So that was just one of those things that I was like. I can't think about that right now because I'm super freaked out about graduate school and I have no money. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually didn't start really thinking about um, skincare until I became a postdoc. And a few months into that, I met um, Kevin, who's now my husband. And Kevin has very sensitive skin and Mm -hmm. has to be a lot more mindful. So I was kind of getting away with it because I don't break out super easily. And um, he was using face wash, and I was like, oh, crap, Um, maybe I should be doing that. (laughs) And the first time I used face wash, it was like I took a layer of my face off, and I, like, (laughs) I took, and I don't mean that like my skin was peeling. I just mean that I lost a couple of years on my face because wow. all this dead skin came off. Yeah. Um, and I felt better about myself. I felt better looking in the mirror. I felt better walking down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that was sort of a natural gateway. And then the other thing that happened is once I was a little bit into my postdoc, I started paying more attention to pop culture things that I had kind mm-hmm. of ignored while I was yeah. in graduate school. And um, so I got back into K-pop, which I had been listening to since I was hi- in high school. So K-pop, for mm-hmm. those who don't know, because <laughs> Please. I'm, I don't know, you guys aren't cool or whatever, it's, <laughs> it's Korean pop music. Um, and in Korean pop music, um, and in pop culture, so I think... Everyone in American media wears makeup, men and women. But in the United States, I think, um, and in Canada, people, men wear makeup that looks natural on them. So it's really mm-hmm. just to organize things so that the camera reflects their natural features better. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Korea, men wear makeup. Everyday men wear makeup. Um, the men's facial skincare products industry is huge in Korea. And male K-pop stars wear incredible incredible makeup. Like I want to learn all of their eyeliner techniques. And I think that one of the things that happened is that brought me a lot closer. My love of K-pop, which I transferred to my friend, Helen, brought me and Helen really, really close. She's Um. one of my best friends now. And Helen is like a makeup and skincare maven and genius who basically guides all of my purchases on skincare. (laughs) And that was kind of the downward spiral, I guess. (laughs) Upward spiral. Upward Upward spiral. Upward spiral. (laughs) That's actually the name of the Pilates studio I go to. So that's a good one, upward spiral. So I think that um, one of the big things that happened was having time to pay attention to myself emotional room to pay attention to myself and then actually being able to afford it as opposed to just looking at it and going, oh, well, that's nice for people who are rich or my friends from college who didn't go to graduate school but got jobs instead. 
Um, and it became fun. It's I can't draw for craft. So this is my visual art, I guess. <laughs> That's exactly what I said, too. It's extremely um, creative. I actually, that was kind of my excitement towards makeup was I c- cannot draw, cannot paint. And I, I mean, it's one of those things where when you see someone do it and my mom has been painting a lot these days and she, I didn't know, did not know she had this skill at all. And I'm just looking at her do it. And I said, wow, like how, you know, that's something if I, picked up a pen, I could not do anything, but somehow makeup, I even, even when I, I mean, now I'm kind of focusing on it almost, but even when I was younger, I would just, I was able to do stuff with makeup, whereas I wasn't able to do anything with drawing or painting. So I felt like it's this like little controlled environment. I I mean, I find this to always be the case with my hobbies in general. Like I enjoy cooking too, because it's this little project you get to eat at the end and it provides nourishment, but Mm -hmm. it's also creativity. And so Mm -hmm. that's the same with makeup. You, you know, you do a certain amount and then at the end you look a little better and then you go to work and you feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. So I I realized that with, I mean, self-care and then even um, hobbies, it's nice to have at least I find with research, like on a day to day basis, I don't feel like I've created something necessarily because sometimes the creation process or any sort of result comes in months and months. And so things like cooking and makeup are these little projects where you go from zero to something and you feel fulfilled. Short term rewards. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you don't get that in day to day research, you know, you're like, yes, I debugged, but you know, it's only months <laughs> when you sometimes are like, wow, I have a really nice result, yeah. if not years, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that it was also like this, I don't have that artistic side, at least. I don't like saying that because I think when you say that you don't have it, then you start believing you don't mm-hmm. have it. Mm-hmm. But this was my, almost like my gateway into artistic yeah. um, part, I suppose. Yeah. I went on quite a journey related to makeup and also just, um, like feminine presentation altogether, where I remember in college and late high school, I was rocking those really big, like cheap palettes of eyeshadow where it's like every color. And I was like matching my eyeshadow to my outfit. Um, and then once I kind of transitioned into physics kind of late in college, I started kind of tamping down on my looks And to the point where at the very beginning of graduate school, I actually wasn't wearing jewelry of any kind. I mean, that's kind of a different thing, but it definitely is part and parcel of sort of like the femme presentation. Uh, And I, for some reason, I thought, I mean, it was this um, way of grappling with what I perceived to be the negative association with femininity, like being associated with frivolousness or something that I had internalized um, being in graduate school and like, I guess, within physics culture. So, and that manifested a bunch of ways. I, my nose is pierced and I got it pierced when I was um, in college. And then I took it out my second year of graduate school thinking that I have to look professional now and nobody noticed. And then a year later I was like, fuck it. And I got it pierced again and no one said anything. Like no one even cares. I honestly think a lot of scientists and maybe people like convolve people with like a one degree filter. Like when they look at them, they're just like not even seeing (laughs) high resolution detail. So I, so I was just like, first of all, forget it. And second of all, I was really sick of that. My entry into makeup generally in graduate school for a lot of the reasons you were saying Chanda was actually, I started playing with nail polish 
that was something I started getting really involved with kind of online communities of women. I didn't have that many women around me that I could closely identify with um, in graduate school, even though, of course, I had some friends. So I started being part of like a community of online women actually on Tumblr kind of like-minded people, especially like people associated with social justice stuff, which I had really left behind in my early college years. So I was kind of remembering a lot of that stuff about myself and they were all posting kind of nail polish selfies. And some of them even made their own nail polish. And I remember I bought this really cool nail polish from a, from an online friend's Etsy shop. Wow. And I just started like playing with these things. I started really getting into fancy nail art in late grad school, like water marbling. You should look this up. Um, wow. Where you uh, do kind of multiple drops of makeup in a Dixie cup full of water. So it kind of looks like a bullseye. And then you take a toothpick and sort of drag it yeah. through. So it looks like a marble. And then you just dip your nail in and it'll come it'll stay on the nail so it, it's what a beautiful effect your... you have to oh i use tape around them okay uh, there's youtube videos right <laughs> and then you take the tape off it's a process and it probably takes like an hour and i used to just put movies or tv on and just do this and my nails looked so great and yeah. that was kind of what and then i started wearing earrings again and then once i got into graduate school and had more money um, I was, like I said, I was living with my sister my first year and she said, sorry, postdoc, postdoc. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Uh, and we went to the clinic counter and I had so many reservations about it. And I was really afraid. Like I was like, don't cover up my freckles. Cause I really like my freckles, you know? And I had this impression that, that, um, makeup was just kind of like a, a visage and it would cover everything. And, um, and she was like, don't worry, let me just put this blush on you. We can take it off right away. We'll just try it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I look so awake and I look so like excited, you know, mm -hmm. with like the flush in my face. And that was kind of the beginning of the end. And then probably going to Sephora. I don't know when I started going to Sephora. Oh, probably dangerous. With, probably with you. The yeah. most dangerous place ever. <laughs> so I would say a couple of big turning points for me was one, getting married Mm -hmm. And the makeup artist who did my makeup is actually a painter by training and wow. monetized that skill by becoming a makeup artist. That's smart. And she did an incredible job. This was before I knew about Hourglass's primer. So I just used like mm -hmm. this NARS primer, which I don't even think is very good. But she did my makeup at like 11 o'clock in the morning on the day of my wedding. And at three o'clock in the morning, my makeup looked exactly the way it had when she had done she had done it. And wow. part of it is that she used one of those like spray foundation machines that uh -huh. has like a motor in it, which if what? I could learn how to do that myself, I might become <laughs> addicted to be put to putting foundation on. It was just like amazing. But one of the things when we were doing our engagement photos, she came over and she was super polite about it, but she was like, before the wedding, you should maybe have your eyebrows cleaned up. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, gentle. And it was like, <laughs> I had gotten away with, like, for years with, like, not doing anything with my eyebrows because, like, they naturally had what is considered oh, so in the lucky. mainstream good shape. <laughs> yeah. But as I've gotten older, like, my hair textures have changed and they were getting longer and curlier. Mm -hmm. So I think, and then once I saw what could be done with my eyebrows, I was like, oh, my God, there's no going back. So I am like religious about going to the brow bar for appointments. I'm actually going tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> and then actually the other big thing was going to Korea for the first time last year on our honeymoon. I went to the Shu Imura counter and I became a very big Shu Imura fan. And um, 
they take they actually have this brow tutorial that I can email you guys if you want to link to yes, it. Please. That yes, like please. I can't stop Definitely. looking at and I can't wait till like, I go to Korea <laughs> next week to um, go hang out. I'm trying to like learn some of the words so I can shop productively at the counter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A strong incentive. Yeah. I remember getting my eyebrows threaded with you yeah. um, more recently, and I just looked like a freaking movie star. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. The threading is awesome. I don't mm. know if you've gotten threaded, but I always it's get addicting. threaded like yeah. every three weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you, if for people who don't know about threading, when you go from waxing to threading, it's just this, it's just so much more precise, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love yeah. it. And it's a process where you get to like go with your friend, at least. Well, the way that, that, we do it. <laughs> the way that we've done it. Yeah. So that feels like kind of a cool. Process. I don't know if you guys have this in Boston, but they do have it here in Seattle and in the Bay area where they have unlimited amount for three months, um, of threading, which is amazing because if you're obsessed, you can go all the time and just get like two hairs taken out. You know? oh, wow. <laughs> so it's $75 for three months. And honestly, if you go yeah, twice, worth that's worth yeah. it. Um, maybe three times it's worth it, but it's also nice because, you know, if you have a special occasion and you haven't fully grown out to get it done, you're like, it's also totally worth it for them because it takes them two minutes to fix you up. Um, and yeah. it's actually, so I, I get that. And so my housemate and I will go together downtown and then stop at Sephora and it's dangerous. <laughs> uh, um, let's transition to the final topic, which is sort of long-term makeup stuff. So like, I know Vaishala, you have a really fancy skincare regimen. That's kind oh, of right. like a long-term thing. And I also wanted to talk about how makeup is part of my long-term self-care plan. I actually use it as a productivity reward. So I, maybe I'm going through a phase or something related to it, but I do think that makeup and other skincare is now a part of being a scientist for me where it's really worked into my reward structure and an incentive structure so that if I get something done, the desire to go to Sephora <laughs> and treat myself is strong enough that I will get stuff done. Uh, and this is part of the strategy that I developed in graduate school where I've really started integrating. Like, I guess it, they once were really disjointed, my presentation, like personal presentation, and then my scientific work. And over time, as I've gotten more comfortable with my identity as Sarah the scientist, these things have really become united. And now they're united almost explicitly. I'm going to go and treat myself to this thing if I make these plots. And I don't feel ashamed about that or maybe like I used to. And I also feel like I have conference looks, you know, like that's another thing that just happens. I go to a conference and I'm like, oh, I'm going to rock such and such a look today. Anyway, do you want to talk about kind of long-term skincare stuff that you've gotten into? Uh, Well, in terms of skincare, um, I think one of the things that makeup does is that when you're actually, you're actually looking at yourself, which is very weird to realize that you don't look at yourself that much. That's a really good point. And so what ended up happening is, so when I was 26, I ended up actually having pretty bad skin, like just pimples showing up, which was really weird because I didn't have bad skin in high school. It was really frustrating because mm. at least in high school, it was socially acceptable. Mm. Um, so I kind of went through all possible methods to try to get rid of this dermatologists, like different combinations of medicines that they gave me. Finally, they said, Oh, you have to go on Accutane, which I don't know if anyone's been on it or has heard of it, but 
first of all, my skin wasn't that bad. I had like, you know, some pimples, breakouts. And Accutane is just really harsh medicine. Mm -hmm. It's really harsh on your liver. So basically I was like, okay, I'll go on Accutane if I need to, but let me try to do everything I could possibly do. And so I actually found this woman who's an esthetician and I call her a sorceress because she's this <laughs> magician. Like she's amazing. Literally one facial and I, I got her products, which are of course expensive, but not more expensive than anything you buy at a store. And just doing her regimen that she told me to do, I don't have personalized, ha regimen, yeah, personalized. and it's like, I would have to go to her facials maybe twice or three times a year. So mm -hmm. it's not like she's, um, you know, it's something that she does when you're there. It's mm -hmm. literally just her products. And, mm -hmm. um, but what's interesting about her products and, you know, you had mentioned the Dennis Gross is one of her ideas. And I think the reason why I identified with it is she said, well, the way your body is going to rebuild. Um, so, so first she got rid of the actual pimple production. But then she said, you have some scarring and how are we going to get rid of that? The way she said that works is your body can naturally heal it, mm -hmm. but it needs to be kind of attacked such that it gets into mode mm -hmm. to try to heal. Mm -hmm. So what she does is at night, she'll kind of make you do these chemical peels. So one of them is actually, um, she says, in addition, you should do the, uh, Dennis Gross alpha beta peel. Mm -hmm. She really Every likes that one. Um, no, or... because now my skin is so sensitive that oh, that's really yeah. intense. In the yeah. beginning, I could do it every night because yeah. I just had wow. so much on yeah. top, but now I can't. Um, but every, every night you have some sort of chemical peel to kind of attack the skin. Gosh. And then in the morning you put kind of like healing stuff so mm -hmm. that it, it rebuilds. And so, I mean, I guess like it was, although it's not intensely scientific, it, it, it kind of just had a common sense t term to it. So I really religiously use her, her treatment. Uh, and it's amazing cause I've, I've actually had random people just, you know, use it if they're like, do you have a cleanser? So mm -hmm. I tell them use my cleanser and they're like, oh my God, the next morning I woke up and I just felt so really good. good. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, you know, and what is interesting about That's that is, you know what I mean? yeah. yeah, what is interesting though, is I've gotten more almost obsessed with trying to get rid of little scarring because mm. I stare at myself so much when doing makeup. Gosh, that's a really interesting point. So, um, so that's like kind of the long term, which is trying to get rid of some of this scarring, which mm -hmm. I don't have that much mm -hmm. for those yeah, of you, you who really cannot don't. see me. <laughs> you really um, don't. but you know, it's just really just, it's kind of like a project. I think maybe it's just me, but I think all of us kind of as scientists take everything very seriously, even yeah. if it's something like makeup and, um, and even if it's our skincare. So mm -hmm. for me, it's like, all right, let's, let's see if I can in the next year, get some of that scarring down. It's like a project for me. Let me, me. make a hypothesis. Yeah, exactly. Hypothesis. Exactly. And it's, and it's fun. <laughs> it's good because at the end of the day, I'll look a little more glowy, I suppose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You do look more glowy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so that's, I think more about my long term. I haven't really talked about self-care um, uh, but you guys continue and then I'll jump in. No, no, go ahead. Where oh no. I want, I want to hear what you okay, guys have okay, to say. Okay. <laughs> um, does that mean it's my turn? <laughs> yeah, please. I wanted to hear you talk about, um, all of your toners because I'm obsessed with learning about toners and I know nothing. Um, so I was actually like, I was taking notes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. As I like try to remember like all of the different skincare products, I feel like people are maybe going to judge me after this, this portion of the, of the discussion <laughs> um, because I have such an intense um, set of skincare products. So 
because I'm such a fan of K-pop and Korean dramas and I'm, I guess I'm really kind of a follower and learner of Mm -hmm. Korean popular media and culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And also my, my BFF Helen is Korean American. And so Mm -hmm. um, she's really heavily influenced in, in similar ways um, and in um, ways that are much more personal. I, I have a skincare routine that's very influenced by Korean thinking about skincare, which is that you're supposed to do several steps um, yeah. every night and every morning, which sounds a lot like your sorceress, maybe by Shali. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am. Um, so if so, I guess I I thought about it in terms of starting with my night and then going into my morning. So I am a huge Dr. Hauschka devotee. Um, I have very mixed feelings about putting synthetic chemicals on my face, which is funny mm-hmm. because this is a discussion about makeup. Sure. <laughs> so I kind yeah. of break that rule for makeup products that I really, really like, but it's one of the mm-hmm. reasons I don't, I don't actually wear primer every day. I feel uncomfortable wearing foundations and sunblocks and some of that is psychological. And then some of it is just that my skin actually now does react pretty quickly if I am putting a lot of stuff on it. So I use Dr. Hauschka because they try very hard to use organic plant-based ingredients and um, to use ingredients that are grown and produced sustainably, which I think is increasingly important to think about. And okay, so I try and use Dr. Hauschka. If, I, if I've worn makeup, I'm using the Dr. Hauschka. Um, they have a cleansing milk. And I kind of use that to get the makeup off with a washcloth. And then I'm using the Hauschka cleansing cream after that as my final mm-hmm. clean. And then It's like a wash-off cream? Yeah. So uh-huh. it's, it's made, I think it's basically ground up almonds with some oils in it. So it's a mild exfoliator. It's a very, very mild exfoliator. I actually have the Hauschka book, which has instructions on how to make basically the same thing yourself with your own ingredients. Gosh. Wow. Um, yeah. But... Uh, Preserving it, et cetera, I think it's probably not worth the trouble for me. But at some point, I, I, I like to bake, so it's kind of a similar, similar thing. And then depending on how my skin has been doing, if I feel like I've been breaking out or if, I, if it's been a few days since I've done one of my deeper cleaning things, I use the Peter Thomas Roth glycolic acid toner, mm-hmm. which definitely Helen gets credit for turning me on to that. So this is after, this is like step three. Yeah. So this is step uh-huh. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so either I'm using that or I'm using the, the Dr. Hauschka clarifying toner. Sometimes I will use that after I use the Peter Thomas Roth toner, just because your skin absorbs things better when it's wet. And the Peter Thomas Roth doesn't leave the skin very wet for the next steps. So the next steps I actually combine on my hand. Um, the Dr. Dennis Gross Ferulic Acid and Retinol Brightening Solution. Yeah, that's also plant-based, I think. Yeah, so I try and Mm -hmm. I've been very picky with the Dennis Gross products. If there are certain Mm -hmm. ingredients in it, I won't use it. Like I I refuse to use anything with dimethicone in it, which really (laughs) reduces um, the things that I can put on my face. I combine Mm -hmm. that with the clinical, this is all Dr. Dennis Gross, the clinical Mm -hmm. concentrate purifying booster, um, the clinical concentrate radiance booster and the clinical concentrate hydration booster. Mm-hmm. And then I also put the ferulic and retinol triple correction eye serum underneath my eyes. 
And then I use the Dr. Hauschka clarifying oil as a moisturizer, and I use a Kiehl's under eye oil that I'm not sure how I feel about, um, and and put that underneath my eyes, and that's my nighttime routine. I love that routine. So this is what I aspire to. I had a question. Um, <laughs> have you like experimented with different combinations? Because that's like really extensive, right? Oh yeah, so yeah. How'd you? How did you get so, to you know combining all those three? Did you iterate? And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> If I feel like if I if I feel like my skin has been extra dry, I might take out I'm the purifying booster. Very occasionally I'll take out the ferulic acid and retinol on the face solution and just use the radiance booster and the hydration booster because they add some um, hydration to the skin. If I feel like my skin has been a little bit breakouty, I might take out the radiance booster and just use the purifying booster. Um, And and I definitely am careful with the ferulic acid and the retinol if my skin is breaking out. I might just use that by itself. Or yeah. I might apply it separately and then put the purifying booster or switch it up. I also have a pure salicylic acid um, a spot treatment that I will put mm-hmm. on before I put any oils on my face. So then in the morning... Every three days or so, I use either the Dr. Brandt microderm abrasion after I have used my Hauschka cleansing cream in the shower, or I use the Amore Pacific treatment enzyme peel, and that's just to get dead skin off my face. And then I repeat- in the morning? Yeah, this, this is in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And then I repeat with the the clarifying toner, the Hauschka clarifying toner. And then I will use all of the doc- Dr. Dennis Gross products I just talked about, except for mm-hmm. the hydration booster. And that's just because like my skin is already so prone to sebum that I'm trying to reduce how much I'm going to glue throughout the day. Yeah. And then I use an argan oil um, to moisturize my skin. They're actually... Uh, just like a pure argan oil? Yeah, just a pure yeah. argan oil. I use about... Um, I try and get two to three drops on my fingers and then mm-hmm. I press it into my skin and then I lightly massage it into my skin. And this is something that's considered very important, I guess, in kind of wow. Korean media about how you do skincare is that you should be pressing moisture into your skin. So oh. that's, that's um, I guess most of my skincare routine. And then so I that's do kind masks. of the base before makeup. Yeah. So the, that's yeah, yeah, the yeah. base before makeup. And then in the morning, if I am going to put on primer or anything like that, I let it sit so that it's fully absorbed into my skin. So I'll go off and do something else and then come back and put it on. And then I, I do try and do masks occasionally. And I've only had one facial actually. And it was kind mm-hmm. of like... I've never had one. She did that thing where she like cleaned today. out my pores. It was intense. <laughs> yeah. I wanted I to cry. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. I mean, if you have... If you have uh, oils that are basically going to eventually become pimples, mm-hmm. then they have to like take it out and they just poke, like they squeeze and they have a tool. Yeah. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With like they a metal literally, end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they literally oh, have a needle that they use to uncover and then squeeze out the like gross That is stuff. intense. This is, went to a place. Yeah. yeah. That's intense. <laughs> But like, so I, I had asked my lady, like why my lady, my sorceress, um, <laughs> why I have problematic skin because it didn't seem like anything major that, you know, she said about me that, you know, she didn't say anything about my eating or anything. 
I asked her and she said, your pores are actually angled as opposed to just straight out. So stuff gets oh, trapped. Yeah. And so she's like, even when I have to poke, I have to poke at an angle. Gosh. To, and so, she, cause I was wondering why between me and my sister, like, you know, I don't, you know, what's the difference. And yeah. she said, it's cause my pores are angled. So a lot of uh, dirt and stuff gets trapped. So that was, that was interesting. Cause I was wondering like after a, an amount of time, it just yeah, happens yeah, yeah. to happen. So Oh, that's interesting. Genetics. Hashtag genetics. Yeah. So I guess as an addendum to kind of like my, I don't know what kind of motivated you guys, because I don't know if we really got into all of the motivations, but for me, I really didn't have a skincare routine at this level. Like I, yes, had finally started face wash um, per my my, uh, partner's encouragement. But when I turned 30 a few years ago, I was actually like, having a stressful time with research and it was really mm-hmm. showing on my face. And mm-hmm. I was just generally like, oh my God, I spent basically my entire twenties in graduate school. And then the first couple of years postdocing, feeling pretty freaked out about money and paying off my student loans. And I thought, well, if this career path that I've chosen, which has some extraordinary rewards, but can also be incredibly difficult psychologically and ultimately physically, is going to be part of my life, then I want to treat my body as well as I can externally. Um, And I want to minimize how much it shows on my face that I'm having a difficult time or that I've been through difficult times. And that was kind of like my reward. You deserve to um, feel good about how your skin is doing, given that you don't always feel good about how everything else in your life is doing. (laughs) So for me, that was a big motivation. And that's one of the reasons why I do take all of these extra steps is so, and, and my best friend Sharifa was saying to me the other day, she was like, it's the thing that you can control. And I was like, that's true. It's really the thing I can control. (laughs) Mine is similar in, in more of a day to day. Um, so towards in the beginning of grad school, there was a lot of different meetings and this and that, that I needed to be at such that I would have to wake up at a certain hour. But as time went on, no one really cared if you were in the office, no one really, you know, cared what time you showed up. And I am just not a morning person. So for me to even care to function at normal people hours, I had to have some sort of impetus to wake up. Mm -hmm. And weirdly enough, being able to spend that first half an hour of my morning just playing around with my face was (laughs) was impetus and exciting start to the day. Even though, I mean, even then it was it's still really rough to wake up, but at least I don't have to jump right into, okay, coordinating, you know, starting to do research or even just running over to work. Mm -hmm. Um, I was able to come up with this plan of, you know, half an hour of just doing whatever you want. Um, some sort of artistic, I suppose, um, addition to the day. And that was kind of what made me enjoy and get into it. And, um, it was just, again, it's like, it's kind of like a mini project, Um, and I very quickly saw how I got better at say eyeliner. And Mm -hmm. one of the things I love doing is winged eyeliner, which is definitely aggressive. Um, (laughs) It's tough. Yeah, no, it's, it's really fun. Like initially it would take me 10 minutes to do eyeliner and, you know, now I'm down to, you know, maybe five, but still no one spends five minutes on eyeliner. You use like the pot and the brush. Yeah. I use, Oh, I should have mentioned that. How did I not? Um, that's actually one of my go-to, uh, Wow, how did I not mention it? It's um, the <laughs> MAC 
black uh, eyeliner pot. Um, and so it's the liquid. Um, and then initially, I used to use this all the time, but I used it with the angled um, brush. But I not splurged, but splurged in kind of thinking that I could do this. I got the MAC 210 brush. I even know the number off the top of my head. Is that um, an and it's brush? no, it's not even angled. It's just that super thin brush. Yep. And initially, I just was like, I can't even use this brush. Like, I don't even know how one would use it. Expert level brush. Yeah, it was, it's so thin. Um, there's, it's so soft. So it just kind of um, bends all over the place. So I had no control, but with time, like, of course, like I love that brush now. It's my go-to. I, I don't even use my angle brush anymore. And so, um, I'm surprised I didn't even think of this. I think I ran out of that stuff right now, so I haven't used it. And so it wasn't on my, um, agenda. Uh, but anyway, but you know, I was able to see even in a couple months that I got so much better with yeah. the wings. Um, you know, initially it was just like I try and then I just, you know, I love just, the wing look on you. Yeah, it's so it's really cool. fun. Yeah. Um, and it's also one of those where, I mean, you could just do the wings and put on lipstick and be completely put together. Mm -hmm. um, we haven't even talked about contouring, have we? <laughs> oh, Michelle, I got me hooked into contouring. I know we could go on forever. Um, <laughs> we honestly could. I think um, to answer your question, Chanda, about what got me into it. I think it is a manifestation of a conflict I feel within, which is related to identity. So um, I would say it's tied into scientific stress in that when I feel stress from work, it tends to manifest in a really gendered way, which is maybe the case for a lot of people related to stress, but I'll be much more critical of my appearance. So like if I've just gotten a negative referee report, for example, it should be completely disjointed and yet it's not. I'll kind of when my, um, I, I feel kind of like my ability to fight off little minor infections like related to work stresses is really reduced. And so I'll be susceptible to feelings about um, negative feelings about my appearance or especially as I turn 30, like negative feelings about my age. And there's just so much stuff related to women and age. So I just really tap into a lot of that negative stuff. And I feel like it's almost like an opposite action is something that I try to exercise just as a mindfulness practice where I might feel like I don't deserve that care or like that I don't have a face that others people would want to look at. But then I, if I'm thinking that I act in the opposite way. So instead I'll say, I'm feeling such and such a way about my appearance. I'm feeling such and such a way about my relationship status, but I'm going to act as though I am a person who is really worthy of this care. And so partially the makeup stuff, a lot of it is uh, acknowledging my age. So like you're saying, um, treating your skin well, cause it'll start to show up, you know, as you get older. I also will like carry around a little, um, eye cream. Like I love Fresh's Rose eye gel to kind of dab to keep my concealer from settling into my wrinkles, like real talk, you mm -hmm. know? So it's almost kind of an opposite action. I take really purposefully so that I feel like I'm addressing the, the root of the, it is like a, I feel like I'm addressing the root of an insecurity that's manifesting from kind of the dual identity of woman and scientist by doing self-care that's specifically feminine. So whether or not I'm treating kind of the symptom of the stress, or I honestly think that they're really linked. So that's kind of become a part of that process is it's a tool that I use to kind of grapple with those really negative feelings. And now I've sort of worked it into my routine. Um, for now and probably forever. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, do you guys have any last products that you have to shout out? Contouring? 
quickly. Contouring, yeah. Yeah. The oh, it's, an, it's magical. Yeah. Contour kit. Amazing. Um, Vaishali got me really into contouring. It's yeah. magic. It's yeah. fun. Like, I think it's not even necessarily how I end up looking. It's just, it's, it's just this really fun project again. Like, I know, just, I know. it's cool to be able to experiment with that. That's kind of actually, I think, what's a lot of fun about makeup, just experimenting with different Science, stuff. right? Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, I, I, I don't know, maybe this is not the way I should end, but I want to say, like, mm. Sarah, I'm actually really looking forward to you and I being in the same city. Yay! Because I don't really have any lady friends around here that I can, like, go to Sephora with, oh. and I feel like you will oh, do that with me. I'm so excited. Yes. You're going to have to take her away from our trip. But it's okay. We had, <laughs> our, we had a run. I'm sorry. You should no, come it's, visit it's and go with we us. We had a good run. Oh, I definitely will come visit. Um, especially, like, <laughs> you know, if run. you wanted to come around the time of the 20% sale in November. Oh, that's, that's actually sounds <laughs> that's perfect. Oh, that's definitely the and, time to go. Okay. And and I, my husband, I actually think that he kind of enjoys going with me, but he might thank you that he doesn't have to go every single time. <laughs> <laughs> I love going to Sephora and I can't wait to go together. And I hope that you don't find me obnoxious because I definitely do. I don't think you will. <laughs> I mean, I, I have like a very, I have like a kind of a guileless fashion, but I will just ask people, the uh, people who work okay. there, like, how do you look? as great as you yeah it's, I know it's also like, tell me question. tell me everything tell me yeah. it all yeah because I don't I mean I don't know I guess I approach it in the same way as I approach a lot of scientific conversations which is I just like acknowledge what I don't know you know and so I'll say what I'm looking at this wall of products yeah. <laughs> please give me the, all of the information that you have and then I really just eat it up and I feel like it's a whole experience I don't I just don't go in and go out I linger yeah and really love it so um a Sephora friend would be a wonderful thing, yeah. especially in a new city. <laughs> on that note, on the note of future Sephora trips, um, let's go ahead and sign off. So this has been Self-Care with Dr. Sarah. And our guests today were, uh, again, Chanda Prescott-Weinstein yeah. and uh, Vaishali Bardwaj. And uh, if folks are interested in finding out more about your science or more about what you do, um, if you'd like them to, are there places they should look online? Twitter handles, websites? Uh, Vaishali's going to pass. I'm going to pass. <laughs> Hard pass. So if you want to read about my science, the best place is probably to go to my website, which is cprescodweinstein.com. And that's Prescod with a D, not T. Um, so that's like my science website. Great. Okay. Thank you so much, uh, guys. And in Makeup Solidarity, thank you for joining. Bye. Bye. <laughs>